We are finishing up a series, so before I get into that, let me tell you what's coming next week. We are going on the road next week. A new series where each week we'll be taking a different topic and just looking at what God has to say about these different topics through the summer uh, road series. And uh, next week we'll be talking about on the road to forgiveness, we'll be talking about on the road to healing, on the road to victory, and uh, different subjects, different topics each week. We'll have some special guests, they'll be here during that time as well, helping us. And so it'll be an awesome, fun, and powerful, I believe, series uh, starting next Sunday. So be sure and invite some folks to be with us over the next five weeks as we'll have an incredible time uh, going into the month of July. For the last few weeks, we have been in the book of Daniel. So if you have a Bible with you or a device that has the Bible on it, turn to Daniel chapter 6 and we will get there. Just trust me on that because some of you will think he's forgotten all about Daniel uh, because we're going to spend a little bit of time doing some homework and some teaching from some verses in the New Testament to kind of set a tone, set a foundation for what we're going to teach and, and look at in the life of Daniel. Because we have been studying, let me bring you up to speed, some of you maybe have been catching up by podcast, and so we welcome those who are listening by podcast all over uh, the area, but uh, if you've been listening or if you have been here, you know that we have looked at the life of a man who has lived well. Uh, He lived in a culture that was not God-honoring. That was not really God-fearing, but here's what he did. He didn't just survive that culture. He thrived in it. And I believe God wants you and he wants me to thrive in this culture. You believe that? I believe he does. And I believe he's looking for people who will be like Daniel and not just stand firm, but we will actually influence our culture. And Daniel did this. He did not just hold to his own, you know, kind of hold the fort and, and until the end, but he actually influenced the culture. And we're going to see that, especially here today as we've been seeing it through this series. So uh, we're going to look at how he did that and apply this to our lives so that we can be like that in this culture. Because wouldn't it be awesome if we did that? Wouldn't it be awesome if we influenced our culture? How many are with me on that? Right? Wouldn't it be great? Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says this. Now think of this. This is the Apostle Paul who wrote about half or more. uh, Some people think two-thirds of the New Testament. Here's what he said. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through what? Love. He says that if you boil it all down, in other words, you, you forget what I said in 1 Corinthians, and you forget what I said in 2 Corinthians, and you forget what I said in Romans, and you forget all this stuff. If you just remember this, if you just get a hold of this, that it's all about expressing your faith through love. 
And so it's not enough to have a strong faith. It needs to be expressed in love. And let's just admit it here today that the church hasn't always gotten this right. Right? We've not always gotten this right. Uh, we have earned some of the negativity that's come our direction from the culture because of not doing it well. And so uh, we're not here, let me put it this way, we're not here to hurt people, we're here to heal people. Okay? We, we are here to help them and to bring them along and bring them closer to God. So how do we influence without compromising our beliefs? That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about compromising our beliefs. We're, we're talking about influencing our culture. How do we do that? Well, I don't think anybody did it any better than Jesus. All right? So here's what Jesus had to say about it. John chapter 13. He says, A new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another by this all men shall know that you're my disciples if you yell at them. <laughs> if you call out their sin. If you make them feel bad. Is that what he said? Oh, here's what he said. If you love one another. See, he said the determining factor, the distinguishing characteristic of your life that you are a true follower of me is that you will love well and let me tell you something what people need when they're drowning is a flotation device all right that all they care about is somebody help me I don't need the Greek I don't need the Hebrew I don't need, you know, some kind of explanation. I just need something to hold me up. And you may be here today, and I hope you are. And all you came in here to do is you just said, I need somebody to hold me up. And I want to say to that person here this morning, you are in the right place. All right? You're in the right place. Because we're here to bring healing. We're here to... To, to, to not just, you know, and it's funny because people say, you know, I hear Christian people say this, only Christian people say this, they'll say, uh, you know, I like it when, when it's really deep, when it's deep, and what many people mean when they say that is, I like it when it's really confusing, <laughs> when, when I can go and say, I, it was deep. I don't know what he said. <laughs> but it was deep. And if you want deep, I don't think anybody could teach it any deeper than Jesus. Okay? I don't think anybody can go deeper than the Son of God. It's just my opinion. And here's what Jesus said. You, you want to go deep? Okay. Love your enemy. Now, come back next week. <laughs> Try that one on, you know. 
And, and if you want a little more deep, go the second mile, even when you're not asked. And when someone slaps you, give them the other cheek. Are we deep enough yet? How many that's deep enough for you? How many that, that's enough homework for about a, the rest of your life, right? And, and, and so Jesus helps us here to know that, that we've got to have love. And another apostle came along, and he says, let me, let me explain this a little bit more. And the apostle Paul came along in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and he gave us the ability to understand how to love, and he gave a great description of it. And I want us to go through this this morning to help us to understand if we don't have love, we're not going to be effective. So, so here, here's the first thing to write down. Without love, all I say is ineffective. All I say is ineffective. You say, well, but I'm right. God didn't call you to be right. God called you to be effective. See, and, and so what happens is, is we are more, some of us, can be more about winning arguments than winning relationships. And if you don't win the relationship, then you're not going to win the heart. And, and this is hard to do. Let me just, just tell you this. This is difficult to do when you live in what I believe is a toxic culture. We live in a toxic culture. You know, I, when I grew up, People in California could not tell me what they thought of my vacation because I didn't know who they were. I wasn't connected to them. But today, people that you don't hardly know that are connected to you on social media can just say what they think. And if you're not careful, you can take that to heart. And if you're not careful... You can enter into it. And, and so there's all this critical talk, sometimes vulgar language that our culture is finding more and more accepting. How many are over 12 years old? Right? More and more accepting. And, and so what we've got to do is we, we've, got to, we, we've got to do something well, and what we've got to do is love well, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Pulled up on screen. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, okay, I, I can just do it well, but if I don't have love, what am I? I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. In other words, I'm just a bunch of noise. I'm just a bunch of noise. If I don't have love, we, we've got to come into this culture that glorifies comments. It's like, oh, did I get comments? You know, let me look. See what kind of comments. Do you love me? Am I acceptable? Am I going to have a good day? And we allow all these people to tell us. And then we go so far as to say, oh, I wonder what this actor, okay, or this singer or, 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 or talented person, I wonder what they think. What are they saying about this? Like they even have a clue, maybe, or not. 
We, we don't even know. You don't know them. And we allow these people to speak into our lives. And as a church, here's, here's what I, I, don't, I don't want us to be. I don't think we need to be in the middle of all that. You, know, you don't have to comment back. You don't have to jump back in there. Well, I'm right. And it ain't about being right. It's about loving well. And, and so what matters is this. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15. Look at what it says. It says, instead we will speak the truth. How? In love. So already you can just. Because mm-hmm. if I can't say it with a spirit of love. If it, it does have, doesn't have love behind it. Help me not to hit sin. Help me not to, you know, help me, delete. Just take that off. Don't have to send that. Because you don't have to engage. You don't have to do. Ephesians 4.29. Just write that down. Ephesians 4.29. Here's what would be awesome. If you just take and put that scripture in front of you maybe this week. And just let it help you and guide you. On, on what you need to do, what you need to say, and, and, and go home and just memorize it this week. And I'm telling you, it'll change your posts this week. It'll change the comments you make. And it may change your work environment as well. Here's the second thing to write down, is all I know without love is insignificant. All I know is insignificant. We live in a generation where they say that every few years that information and education, wisdom, you know, all this intellect, knowledge, ability, all this, you know, is doubling just every few years. And I say, how come we're so messed up? If we're getting so smart, if we have so much, then why are we so messed up? Why at the same time are we still so confused about life? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2 says, If I have a faith that can move mountains, or excuse me, if I have a gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if I know everything, if I know everything there is to know, if I can know all that there is, but, I don't have love. I'm nothing. Again, it's not about I'm right. It's not about, well, I got all the facts behind me. Take that. It's not what it's about. It's about speaking in love, the Bible says. So all I know is insignificant without love. All I believe is insufficient. All right. All I believe is insufficient because belief without behavior is nothing. Belief without behavior will change nothing. See, it's not enough to say, well, I know what I need to do. Okay, well, but you need to do it. Ain't parents in the house? Right? It's not enough about belief. It's about there has to be action behind it. Look at the rest of that verse. If I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. 
So all I believe, my, my great faith that I say I have, is nothing if I don't have love. Here's the next thing. All I give is incomplete. Now let me say that you are sitting in a generous church. All right, the canopy that we are putting up out front, that's an example of generosity of this church. Uh, all the things that this church does week in, week out to give and to put back into this community and to reach people for Christ, it's all awesome. But it's nothing if the heart's not right. It's not the amount that matters, it's the heart. Because here's what the Bible says about giving and, and being, you know, like, oh, you know, I gave that or whatever. It, it says, that's pride. And what happens is, is it's not effective. 1 Corinthians 13, 3 says, if I give all I possess, not just tithe. You know, it's not just bragging about, well, I give 10% of my income to God. This says, if I could brag that I gave it all. If I could say, well, I, I sold my house, gave all of it to God. Gave it all away. It says, if I did that and I still didn't have love, then it's still nothing. You know, we, we give to over 20 different missionaries around the world. And, and we say that, and I'm saying that this morning, just so you'll know that, that we give thousands away every year to spread the gospel in different places. To reach women in India who are being sex trafficked, to, you know, all around the world. All around the world. It's happening all the time. And I say that so that you understand that it's not about how great we are. It's amazing what God does through us, right? It, it's that He gives us the ability to do that. It's to His glory, it's to His honor that that is accomplished. Now, here's the next thing. The last thing in this part is all I accomplish is inadequate. All my accomplishments, because, you know, sometimes we want to line up all of our accomplishments and how great we've done and whatever and, and, and things like that. But here's what the Bible says. There'll be two judgments that'll be given. I don't know if you know this or not, but two judgments. The first judgment is everyone will stand before God. Everyone. And the answer to whether you come into heaven, to whether you stay in God's presence, is did you... Did you accept God's presence here on the earth? That'd be it. There'll be no, hey, were you a good guy? Hey, did you, how much good did you do? How many times did you go to church? Did you own a Bible? Did you have a cross tattoo? That, that's not going to be the question. The question is going to be, what did you do with your sin, your imperfections? And I don't know about you, leave out what all God's expectations are. I haven't met my own expectations. Anybody with me on that? 
So, so when, when we're talking God's expectations of, of what he has for us, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm hopeless, I'm helpless, I, I need help. The good news is help has been provided. Jesus died on the cross for you, for me. That's what it was all about, is he took all of our sin, the Bible says, and let it be nailed to the cross. He was the sacrifice for me. And if he's your sacrifice and he's sitting next to God saying, that's right, Craig gets in because he gave me his sin, then I'm in. It doesn't matter about what all I've done and whatever else. Okay, so that's the good news. That's the good news. Now, some of you, that's not good news because you haven't done that yet. But the really good news is you could do it now. You can do it here today, okay? And I'll give you an opportunity to do that in a little bit. But let me go one step further. There's one more judgment. It's called the great white throne judgment, if you want the technical term. And at this judgment, Christians will stand before Jesus. And they won't be judged whether they get to stay or go. That's not what it's going to be about. What it's going to be about are rewards. Because the Bible says, I'm a great rewarder. That's what it says. God is a great rewarder. But here's what it's going to do. The Bible says that all of our good doing is going to come before the Lord. And it's like it's going to pass through a fire, so to speak. It's like a visual image of what this is like. And so it's going to pass through like it's a fire... And anything that was done without the right spirit, without the right heart behind it, is going to burn up. And so, in other words, you, you can say, well, I taught this, and oh, I was on the board of this, and, I was, and it was all about your name. All about, everybody needs to know who I am. And oh, and I stood up one time and gave a big offering, you know. And I did this, and what it's all about you. Then, then here's what's going to happen. And you're going to be, where'd all my stuff go? And, and the Lord's going to say, well, you got it. It all got rewarded down there. I would have liked to have rewarded it here, but you didn't do it in the right spirit. And that's what's going to happen. And so here, here's the thing. Is all we do, if it's not done in love, it's worth nothing. Look at this. If I give all I possess, if I gave everything, if I accomplished so much stuff, if I, nothing without love. Now here's the gauge. Here's the gauge. And then we're going to move on to Daniel. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Some of you had this read, or you read it, or sang it, or you did something with, with this at your wedding, okay? Or you've been at a wedding. But this isn't just about weddings. This is about every day. Love is patient. Love is kind. Some of you, you could just change your whole life if you just read this every morning. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps a few records. 
I remember. Nope. None. No record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. Here's what love does. Here's what love does. It rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And love never fails. Wow. God, help us to be that kind of person, right? To be those kind of people. So how do we win with love? How do we do all of this? How do we love people well? Well, there's a beautiful example of this in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. Here's what it says. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps. Now, that was like governors or something like that, to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators. He had three high-ranking administrators on his staff. One of whom was Daniel, which is incredible because Daniel's a foreigner. Okay, he's not a native-born person from from this area. And so here's what it says. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. So, So he has huge responsibility. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities, notice that, that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. Daniel lived in such a way that the ruler of the land where he was living as a foreigner recognized something's different about this guy. And he he was willing to give him the kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel. Now, here's what I want to say about this awesome guy is is everyone can be like this. There's nothing here that says he was the best looking guy around. He may have been stone-cold ugly, all right? We, we don't know. Um, we don't know. Uh, it doesn't say he had so many degrees or he grew up with such privilege. It, and he had so many connections. It's not about that. It's about Daniel. It's about his character. And see, here's the thing. This is where we can all play. Is we can choose to love well. We can choose that. Just like you can choose your attitude, right? Some of you, you have to do that every morning when you go to work, right? It's like, okay, I can't choose the people completely. Can't choose customers. Can't choose a lot of stuff. I can choose my attitude. I can choose my attitude. So we choose what we can. And life's full of choices. So here's some choices that you can make. Let me give you three that Daniel made. First one is serve them. 
If you're going to love people well and you're going to win people over with love, you get to serve them well. I will serve the people around me. I will do this. I will look for ways to serve the people around me. You know, I'll look at opportunities where I could serve them well. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says, Though I am free and belong to no man. You know, hey, I don't have to count to anybody. I'm a big guy. I can do what I want to do. I can choose what I want to choose. And Paul says, yeah, I get that. But here's what I do. I make myself a slave to everyone. Why? So I can win as many people as possible. Because, see, you'll win more people with sugar than you will with a sword. <laughs> All right? So, so here's what we need to do. is we, we need to do what Jesus did. Jesus loved people well. He did not come up to people and say, Hey, you better turn or you're going to burn. <laughs> it's not what he did. Didn't have a placard, turn or burn or whatever. You know, that's not what he was about. Here's what he did. Listen to this. Jesus connected before he corrected. He connected before he corrected. I'll give you an example. Zacchaeus. How many Baptists in the house? You remember Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Am I ringing a bell? Climbed up in that sycamore tree to see what he could see. It was a song. You know, if you grew up in Sunday school, you sang it. And, and so, so Zacchaeus, he's up in this tree, and Jesus is walking along. He just wants to catch a glimpse, and Jesus stops and says, Hey, Zach, I want to go to lunch with you. Are you kidding me? There's some holy people here. This guy's a rotten tax collector that is a known thief. He has stolen from people. He has told people they owed money they didn't even owe. Ripped people off right and left. People hate his guts. And Jesus says, let's do lunch. And let's just go to your house if that's all right. Well, yeah, I'd be honored. Let's do that. So he goes, to, are you kidding me? Jesus is at lunch with this guy in his house nonetheless. It's not over yet. Jesus loved so well, he, he had to have connected with this guy in such a way that after lunch is over, the guy comes out. Zacchaeus says, hey, if I've ripped anybody off, I want to pay him double back. And if you just come and tell me how I've ripped you off, then I, we'll settle it up and I'll pay it back with, with interest. How many know he was changed. When, you, when, you're, when you're, let me tell you something, when, when your wallet's changed, you're changed, right? <laughs> Let's just be honest. I mean, I mean you're, you're really changed. And so there was a change in this guy. And see, that's exactly what we want to do with serving over at Hickory. See, on this serve day, on July 13th, we want to take an army of people over to Hickory so that people, parents notice 
Wow, the place looks great. Bringing my kid back to school. What happened? Oh, the church across the street came over here and, and did all this. Uh, wouldn't it be awesome if every parent, if every faculty member, if every staff person, if the kids noticed what was different about the place because you and I went over there, right? I'm not talking about sitting back and whatever. I'm talking about getting our hands dirty. I'm talking about let's go over there and do this thing. So you need to sign up. Let us know. You can be a part of it. Let's overwhelm them with love because you just never know when they're going to need a church. Never know when they might have God questions. Never know when they might reach out. And who would they reach out to? To somebody who's shown them kindness. Somebody who served them well. Next thing we see Daniel doing is set an example for them. You got to set an example for other people to follow. And, and see, I think if we'll do this well, I, th I think if we just, just get people just begin an influence in their life, and then maybe they're like, you know, they come to church with us. It's just like if you, if you went to work on Monday morning excited, Already people would wonder what's up. You know, if you showed up on Monday morning excited, people would be like, well, what kind of weekend did you have? <laughs> and uh, you have the opportunity to say, oh my gosh, I went to church on Sunday. Are you kidding me? People got baptized. I, I came unglued. I was just like, Woo! I, I lost my voice, you know, in church, and, oh, and I was singing and praising God. God filled the house, and my preacher, oh my gosh, he's like one of the best preachers in the whole world. <laughs> Some of you were laughing, all right? I, I saw that. Uh, but, but, but as we do that, as we bring that, then let me tell you something. Here's what will happen. You bring people into this atmosphere, and, 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 and when they come into this atmosphere, I could pass the microphone around today to people who would say, oh, my gosh, when I first came to this church, whoo, I was a mess, a mess on steroids. I was like jacked up big time. And, and then God began to work. God began to speak. God began to do things in my life. And I started going to stuff. And I started getting connected to some other people who had influence into my life. And, and, and I'm not where I want to be. But I'm telling you, I'm not what I used to be either. He has changed me. Am I right? If God's changed you, give him a praise right now. Just, just praise him. He's that good. He's that good. And, and so as we said an example, Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth, right? You're the salt of the earth, Matthew 5. And he says, you're the light of the world. And if you'll let your light shine before men, here's what will happen. They'll see your good deeds and they'll glorify your Father in heaven. They'll be drawn to the God that you serve as you do that. See, you don't need to be perfect. You just need to be better. 
And as you're on the road to better, and, and you just say, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I still mess up. I, you know, I'm liable to mess up today. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to, but, but I'm not perfect, but I'm better. I'm better, and it's because of him. Here's the last thing we do is we share Christ with them. When the opportunity comes, after we show them love. See, and we, we don't go across the street and say to hickory people, Hey, how many heathens over here? Got some godless teachers or what? We came over to pray for you. Cast the devil out or something, you know. How many know where that would go, right? But after you show love, after you show... See, that's what he did for me. He died for me when I was yet a sinner, Paul said. See, that's what he did for me. And so if I'll do for them what he did for me, then it'll make a difference. God, give us a church of people that run in when other people run out. You know, that, that'll they'll go in just like Convoy of Hope that we support every year uh, because they're one of the first people to come in a disaster and they're one of the last ones to leave. And when they give people water and when they give people blankets and we give them thousands of dollars in churches and other institutions all across America do this and they're one of the, the best at it. When they come and they deliver that, here's what they do. They say, we bring this in Jesus' name. This is in Jesus' name. And it's not because we're good people. It's not just because we're generous hearted. We do it in Jesus' name. Because he gets the glory. First Peter says that in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer. To everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope you have. But do this, now notice this, do this with gentleness and respect. Everybody see that? Maybe, maybe you, this is another one you need to read this week. And maybe underline those two words. With gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior, because that's what they did about Daniel. They said, it's not right that he's moving up in life. It's not right. We got to pull him back down. We, we've got to humble him. We got, we got to do something here. We got to mess with this guy. And, and, and it wasn't right. And it shouldn't have been. And, and maybe stuff happens at you at work and, and, or at school and you're bullied in some environment or whatever. And it's not right. But let me tell you something. When you don't respond in anger and give back fire for fire, here's what happens. They, they don't know what to do with that. It says, then at the end, they'll be ashamed of their slander. See, it all comes, like my mom or dad used to say, it'll come to roost. Right? It, it, it'll come, come about. Here, here, I love what St. Francis of Assisi said, this a great quote. Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Wow. 
What would happen if we did that? And you know, how we act is almost more important than what we say. And, and so we've got to guard that, and we've got to watch, and we've got to watch what we say, and we've got to watch what we post, and we've got to watch what we enter into, and we've got to watch. And, and, all, and some of you are here and say, oh, Craig, yeah, I know that, and I know that. But, but you know, sometimes when the argument gets going, and the, it gets heated and whatever, I'm just kind of hot-natured, and I just kind of... You know, jump in there and everything. then I feel bad and everything. I, you know, I, I, I hate that about myself and on. I want to do better. And sometimes last week a word came out. Lord, I haven't said that in two weeks or something. You know, it, it came out and, and 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 I felt bad and whatever and and different things. Here, here's what I want to help you with. How do I behave better as a Christian? Let me tell you something. You don't just get your mind in the game. Okay, that's part of it. But I'm telling you, if I got up here today and I said, just, just quit sinning. Just stop it. Stop it. Today, no more. How many think that'd work? But here's what I know that does work. I know a power that's greater than you. I know someone who if you'll invite him in and if you'll welcome him into your heart and into your life and maybe if on the way to work instead of listening to a bunch of other stuff that gets your hostilities going and Whatever, and you're already revved up by the time you get in the parking lot at work. What if you set the atmosphere of worship in your car? What if the very presence of God just came into your car like it comes into this room? And what if before you entered into that work environment, you said, Oh God, you know, I'm here early so I could just sit here in the car and just pray because I'm about to go in there. God put a guard over my tongue today. God put, put a guard over my heart. I, I don't want to say anything that would dishonor you. I don't want to laugh at stuff that's not laughable. I, I don't want to be pulled into stuff that I shouldn't be pulled into. And I want to love these people well. And I want to love them in spite of themselves. God, will you just help me do that? Here's what I know. Is I know he is able. He can do what you cannot do. And he is the only one that I've seen that can transform lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the only one who can break chains and set people free and change hearts and lives and make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. And some of you, you need that today. You need him in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have called us to be your ambassadors, your representatives. And God, help us to do it well. For some of us, just help us do it better. To, to just at least be better this week. We, we can't be perfect, but it could just be better. And, and God, for that to happen, we've got to surrender more control to you. 
Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I want to honor God in my life better at work, at home, or maybe it's at school, or wherever you go about, uh, maybe in the neighborhood or whatever, and you're here today and you say, Craig, I want to love my neighbor well. Let it start with me. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand right now all over this room? Yeah, hands all over the room. Father, help us all. Wow, what would happen, God, if we'd all, if we'd all just, just get a hold of this and love the people around us like you loved us? And, and as we did that, God, I, I believe that, that we could change America. We could change this culture if we just live our lives different. So, God, not just on serve day here in a few weeks, but God, tomorrow and the next day and the next day, help us all to look for opportunities to be salt, to be light to those around us. Maybe you're here today, others of you, and you'd say, Craig, when, when you talk about standing before God one day and, and, and getting into heaven, you know, I, I thought maybe it was about being a good person or whatever. And if I just be a good person, I'd get in there. But, but I realized I can't be good enough. That it's a heart problem. And in my heart, I, I know it's not perfect. And only a perfect heart is going to a perfect place. But you said a perfect sacrifice has been made for me to stand in my stead, to stand in for me for all the sin of my life. And Jesus is that person today. And if you need His sacrifice to get you ready so that you can stand before God one day, and who knows when that'll be. It could be today for any of us. We don't know. But, but what we do know is we can face it with confidence whenever it is. And I'm telling you, you'll be blessed even in this life as well for that commitment. So if you're here and you'd say, yes, I want that. I need him in my life. Would you just raise a hand and say, yes, that's me. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands up there. God bless you guys. Over here, God bless you. Over here, God bless you. Back there, God bless you. Okay, hands around the room, every section. There's people, and so uh, church family, just pray this prayer with me, and those who raise your hand, just pray it out with faith to God. I'll just feed you the words, and you just repeat them from your heart to the Lord. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be my sacrifice, to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So please accept me now. Accept my sin and wash it all away. As much as I know how, I commit the rest of my life to serving you. Fill me with your spirit and change my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give praise to God right now.